strangers welcome back to a lemon fresh new episode of the strange sessions as always i am kurt coming to you live from my kitchen table and i am joined by my lovely co-host krista what's up how are you doing we're lemony fresh today we are lemony fresh today sweet i'm good the only the only reason i thought of that is because i happen to glance at a thing of furniture polish that's sitting over unused on my counter that i I need to to clean yeah it's actually just starting to rain here. We were just talking about the weather before uh, we started the episode, and it's just starting. Actually, it's starting to pour. Oh, boy. Hopefully our connection stays okay. I know. I'm excited, though, because we did a bunch of landscaping, and I, it needs some water. It's, <laughs> so. not, it's not raining up here yet, but we're supposed to get storms today. I was telling Krista before we started recording that I woke up with just a pounding headache, and I took Excedrin, but that didn't help. So she thinks it might be because of the storms coming in today. Mm-hmm. but we'll see it just okay. sucks uh we just got disconnected uh krista had some computer issues <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna try to stitch the two together skype is nice but it's mm-hmm. also kind of a pain in the butt that's glitchy it really sure. is do you want to get together next week at the school to record um i gotta look at my calendar i'll get back to you on that okay get back to me have <laughs> i have your, to check my work calendar have your people get back to me Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do we have – oh, I'd like to give a shout-out to Brian and Lauren for having us on their podcast last night. Yeah. They had us on their podcast, Transatlantic History Ramblings with Brian and Lauren. And it wasn't – we didn't really do a topic. We just sat and talked, and it was really, really cool. It was really was nice. Yeah. yeah. And I love – you know, like I said last night, I love the dynamic they have where he gets – on his rants, and then Lauren has to kind of slap him down a little bit. Reel him back in. Reel him back in. So I do really like their dynamic. So it was yeah. a really good time. So thank you guys so much for having us on there. We're going to be on again. We're going to do a podcast wife swap where Krista and Brian are going to do a, a podcast episode, and Lauren and I are going to do a podcast episode. Yeah. So that'll that be sh- fun. Yeah, that should be fun. So thank you so much, you guys. The episode, I think, should be out in the next couple days, but we will let you know in The Strangers. And Definitely. I think that's really all I have for housekeeping, I think. Um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Brian Martinez. We've been chatting on Instagram this morning, um, but he left a comment on our last episode um, that says, One of my personal favorite things about listening to the two of you is when Kurt is about halfway through the story – and then hearing Krista start listing off some questions that I'm also thinking about, and then hearing Kurt promptly say, we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> Happens on every episode, and I love it because it makes me feel like you guys got all the bases covered. Good stuff. <laughs> also, there's no way dude was selling his car, because if you think about how much work it took to sell your car back in 1993, buy film for your camera, develop the film, bring it somewhere to post it, yada yada, It's not like these days where you can just whip out your phone and instantly upload it to the internet. Just doesn't feel right. I don't know. P.S. Part 2. I love the Reddit usernames. Hilarious. I know. Those are funny. And that totally (laughs) makes sense. What he said makes sense. Like, I can't for the life of me figure out why he would have been taking a picture of his own truck parked where it was found. That makes no sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the only thing that made sense to me was selling it. But after he walks through the logistics, Brian, you know, brings up the logistics of what that would actually involve. If you were trying to move your car fast, like you needed emergency cash, it wouldn't work out that way. No. That would take several days to probably accomplish. So. But then, like, also, why wouldn't he take a picture of it at home? Why would he take a picture of it there in town in the location where it was found? Yeah. That's My just... theory on that was it was an in-the-moment thing that he decided he needed to do no matter where he was but who possibly. knows yeah I mean, possibly but, um uh, brian was... brian also <laughs> suggested that i wrap some least uh, beastie boys lyrics in this episode which i feel a bit ridiculous doing so i'm not going to do that <laughs> but i will i will give him this and kurt you may recognize this as well what's the secret peter naturally i'll say it's the wine Mmm, it does go well with the chicken. Delicious again, Peter. Do you recognize that? No. What song is that from? It's from, it's the intro to The Blue Nun, and it's on the Check Your Head album. I don't think I've ever heard that song. It's funny. It's this whole intro about Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse, and it's just kind of funny. I've only got the greatest hits, so I kind of want to go through and buy their individual. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You got to get, of course... Paul's Boutique is my favorite. But Check Your Head is an excellent album. So is Communication. Yeah, I need to get those. They're so good. I feel like you'll drop lyrics in when it's appropriate, when something (laughs) ties in with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do that. It's like a Seinfeld reference. (laughs) I can find a Beastie Boys reference anywhere. Yeah, you're not just going to start freestyling in the middle of the discussion. (laughs) A little awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any other housekeeping? Oh, probably. I don't know. Uh, if we do record again next week, then I think we're going to go back to our two weeks of recording. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah. you know, we've just been doing, these have just been kind of shorter. These are, are stories that I would have used in a, my favorite mini mystery. You know, mm-hmm. they're just shorter ones, but they worked out okay for Skype. So I think it right. worked out perfect. Just logistically, it's a lot harder for me with my job to do it weekly. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's hard to research a lot of stuff during the week. Not to mention, I'm kind of addicted to another video game now, so I've been playing that all the time. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. So stupid PlayStation sales. Those are what are screwing me up. They're so tempting. But I, we're not going to do a taste test. We're going to save the taste test for when we're back in the studio. So I think we just go to the main story, correct? So are we were we gonna do a song recommendation? We kind of we'll have it at the end. Doing... We'll do it at okay. the end. That's when we've awesome. been doing them. Yeah, we've kind of forgot about that. Who is it that's making the Strange Questions uh, playlist? What was her name? Oh, I'm terrible at that. I am too. I'm gonna have to <laughs> go back. I'm gonna have to go back and look. Yeah. One of our listeners is creating a Strange Sessions playlist based off of songs that we've mentioned throughout all of our seasons, and I remembered today that we forgot to do it. So Or songs that we really like. It doesn't have to be songs that we've mentioned previously. Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. they want it to be something that, you know, it would be cool. It's like a, a little playlist made up of songs you love and songs I love. Yeah. So it's like our song baby, I guess. Our song, baby. <laughs> nice. Okay. If, if you want to look at it that way. Sure. Uh, on to the main story. Sounds good. That Krista didn't know until last night when I told her during their podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least I know now. Yeah. I was I was laying in bed one night trying to think of something paranormal we could do because we've done, you know, missing persons. We've done 
conspiracy stuff. We haven't done anything ghostly in a while. So it popped into my head to do haunted paintings. And I don't really have a lot of information. I didn't even, I guess, realize that was a thing. So Well, it is, but you know, we'll st- start the episode now. I guess we'll start okay. the main story now. I assumed that I would find articles about paintings being haunted and the theories behind it, and I really didn't. I found a lot of lists of haunted paintings, but I couldn't find a lot of stuff that talked about why paintings could be haunted. Okay. So we're going to have to freestyle on that. Do you, do you, I mentioned uh, during their podcast last night that, you know, painting is a very personal thing. I mean, that's you putting your vision onto mm-hmm. a canvas. Right. You know, in a way, you know, you know, like an author does with a book or a musician does with a song, but this is something physical. Right. So I could see where this would have an energy that the person imbues in it when they're painting it. So it but, does kind of make sense to me. Yeah, and I, I think objects can have attachments, whether it's related to the person that, you know, in in the uh, example of paintings, it may not be something that the, paint, the painter put into it, but maybe it was in a location that something became attached to it. Exactly. I was going to say, I bring that up too, is that these could have been hanging in someone's living room and something traumatic could have happened in that room and the energy could also be on these paintings. And uh, I was thinking about this and I don't know where it is, but one of the times that we were doing an investigation at Elsing secondhand store, there was this little painting that they had for sale. That was, it was pretty tiny, but I want to say it was like an old time, like river baptism scene. Really? And I am not, I still don't know to this day why I bought it, but I bought it. Oh, you did? I did. And I don't know where I have it. But then part of me is wondering, was that up in my old apartment when all Mm. that stuff was happening in my old apartment? Yeah. You might have brought something home with you. I never thought about it until I was doing this episode. And it's like, why did that painting grab me for me Mm. to buy it? Yeah. So, and I think that happens a lot. I think if these paintings are imbued with some kind of energy, it can persuade somebody to buy it. Sure. You're attracted to it. Yeah. I could totally see how paintings could be haunted or cursed. But on the other hand, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll get into that. I guess during okay. this. So we're going to jump right in. I have six paintings we're going to discuss. We're going to jump right into the first one, which is the we're going to start with the cutest of the haunted paintings and that is the one called love letters with the little girl does she ever your her she's holding flowers flowers and a letter yep i see and that is cute she's the least it's the least creepy one (laughs) it is the least creepy out of all the pictures and she just she's adorable yeah so love letters according to the texas hill country website This painting can be found on the fifth floor of the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. The painting is a modern replication by artist Richard King of an older painting by Charles Trevor Garland. The original painting was titled Love Letters. It shows a little girl holding a bouquet of flowers in one hand and a letter in the other. The story surrounding this painting says that in 1887, Samantha Houston, the four-year-old daughter of U.S. Senator Temple Houston, was running after a ball that had rolled down the Driscoll staircase. She tripped and was killed in a fall down the stairs. 
The legend claims that the spirit of the little girl has inhabited this painting since her death. It's said that some visitors who go to look at the painting claim to see the little girl's expression change while staring at the painting or out of the corner of their eyes. Oh, that's creepy. It's <laughs> really creepy. <laughs> I think I remember seeing it described as she's, you know, she looks sweet and innocent in the picture, but then people sure. have said when they turn away, it looks like she's scowling at them. Ugh, no. No, Chris doesn't open that's like, that. That's like the doll that its eyes follow you around the room. Yes. I don't like even the idea of that. Yeah, and a lot of these paintings, a lot of paintings do that. You know, I think uh, yeah. we have the uh, Rar West Museum in Manitowoc that's kind of like an art gallery. And some of the paintings there do that. They, You feel like they are watching you move, and I think that's mm-hmm. a sign of a good painter. Yeah, I think so too. But Even though it's creepy. Yeah, so the, the idea of it changing its expression when you look away is really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Others have reported feeling ill when looking at the painting or feeling a strange sensation of being slowly lifted off the ground. Other people have heard childish giggling near the painting, and throughout the hotel there have been sightings of an unknown little girl playing with a ball. Creepy. Mm, yeah. The James Randi Educational Foundation... Uh, has a really good website that's kind of a skeptical, you know, a skeptical website. And uh, they looked at this painting and talked about it. And on that website, it says, quote, Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics once stayed at the Driscoll Hotel during a tour. She had two dresses laid out on the bed because she couldn't decide which one to wear for that night's concert. She took a shower, and when she walked back out into the bedroom, there was only one dress on the bed. The other (laughs) one had been packed away. Come on now. Yeah. So I mean, that's super helpful, I guess. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's, that's nice. I kind of told her which one she should wear. Yeah. You know. Did she wear that one? That's yes. what I want. Yes, she did. Okay. She Sweet. did. There's a lot of confusion about this painting, though, with people originally believing an urban legend that the painting is a portrait of Samantha Houston herself, and that's why her ghost haunts it. But as I said, it's a modern reproduction of an older painting called Love Letters. So skeptics say that since it isn't Samantha in the painting, it can't be haunted by her. Hmm. I don't don't know if I buy that, because maybe if she was there and she really liked that painting, I could see her haunting it or cursing it or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. But what's interesting is that the reproduction of the actual Love Letters paintings are believed to all have activity tied to them. According to an article on the Paranormal Hauntings blog called, quote, Most Haunted Picture, Love Letters, a curse rather than a haunting, a lot of people report paranormal experiences tied to reproductions of the original painting. One person said, quote, I have the same picture and was wondering the same thing. Everyone is scared of the picture and does not want me to hang it up. If you look closely at the picture, no matter where you are standing, the girl's face and eyes follow you. My brother bought it for me several years ago because he thought it looked like my oldest daughter when she was little. So, and that's where I run into problems. Like, I, if it was a painting that the actual artist painted physically, I could understand that. But reproductions of a painting being haunted kind of throws me off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand why that would happen. I don't either. I don't either. Like if I decided to sit, <laughs> which would be terrifying, but if I decided to sit down and paint this little girl based off of this painting, which would look nothing like it, of course, it'd be like a blob. 
but would that then be haunted too? That just doesn't. That's that doesn't. That's not that's logical why, to me. No, it's not logical. Where the actual one physical painting the person touched, I could understand that. Yeah. Either way, we're gonna print these all out and blow them up for Krista to hang in her living room wall, <laughs> and she's gonna let us know what happens. All right. Yeah. A little experiment. Does that sound good? No. No, it doesn't. So that is love letters. Uh, All right. Stephanie, one of our dear listeners and a very good friend of mine, lives in Austin. So, Stephanie, if you ever want to go out on an away mission, see if you can go to the the hotel and get us some pictures of this painting. Yes. It is supposedly on the fifth floor of the Driscoll Hotel in Austin. Hmm. I wonder if you have to ask permission first, like the Robert I was wondering that, too, because it sounds like (laughs) it's kind of a swanky, or this sounds like kind of a swanky hotel, so I think you need permission to actually go... I meant ask the painting first. <laughs> oh, you could ask the painting first. Like the doll, Robert, you're supposed to ask if you can take his picture before you do it. Otherwise, he'll haunt you, do, do stuff to you. <laughs> I made that sound dirty. I didn't mean to. You did make that sound dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get my mind off talking last night about haunted sex, haunted sex dolls. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to tune into Brian and Lauren's podcast <laughs> yeah. to nothing, hear that. Nothing is censored on theirs. No, no. But we kept we kept it good. We kept it clean. I don't think either of us really swore. Once. No, I don't think I did either. Oh, I might have. I you might did. have said the S word. Yeah. But whatever. That's not that bad. <laughs> so that is love letters. Like okay. I said, the cutest of our pictures from of our paintings cute. from today. The second one we're going to look at is called Dead Mother. So oh. that goes from oh, okay. from cute to that. And I've seen this painting in the past, and I did not know that this painting, sometimes called Dead Mother or Dead Mother and Child, was done in 1901 by artist Edward Munch, who I always thought was Edward Munch, but it is not Edward Munch. It's Edward <laughs> okay. Munch. And you know what he, what other painting he is famous for? No. Seriously? Mm-mm. Edward Munch? He that did doesn't the, help. <laughs> he did the painting The Scream. Oh, okay. Yes, which that's funny because this little girl has her hands over yes, her ears. Exactly, it's almost very the reminiscent same. of that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Most people know the painting, the scream, because it is the killer's mask in the movies, in the scream movies. Yes. But I've always really liked the, the uh, scream painting, but that's not one that I would really want hanging in my apartment. No. No. You know? It's just bad feng shui. Yes. Feng shui, whatever. <laughs> feng shui. This one is a super short little thing I have here, and it just says, This painting depicts a young girl with her back turned to a bed on which her dead mother is laying, and the girl is holding her hands to her head, displaying an expression of disbelief. The painting was inspired from the death of the artist's own mother from tuberculosis when he was just five years old. Mm. So she looks like she's covering her ears. At least yeah. that was my first instinct. Yeah. And that's kind of what scream, oh. the scream painting. What was that sound you just made? I just sighed. Oh, I thought you were like freaked <laughs> out by it. Sounded like you were no. freaked out by something. No. Okay, good. <laughs> it's definitely a, um, I don't know. It has a definite unsettling feel to it. It I does. I mean, knowing that the woman in the background is dead probably doesn't help. <laughs> no. And uh, people who have owned the painting say that the girl's eyes follow you no matter where you view the painting from, and that that the sheets on the mother's bed in the painting would sometimes appear to have moved, 
or a strange rustling sound could be heard coming from the painting, or even that sometimes the figure of the girl would disappear as if she had stepped out from the painting. That's crazy. Was this Harry Potter? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's super creepy. <laughs> Actually, the rustling noise is the creepiest part to me. Like, it's the sound of the mother moving around in the bed yes. or something. That yep. is yep. creepy. And okay. And people say that the, it looks like sometimes the, the sheets had moved on the bed. So. And where is this host? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Let me look super quick here. That bed. would be quite the, uh, the trip, traveling around, viewing haunted paintings. Uh, I am risking it doing a google search on dead mother <laughs> yeah careful um you're gonna get all kinds of weird stuff i don't know where it is <laughs> so okay. yeah we'll have to we'll have to look that up and road trip to see all these paintings but yeah that is dead mother by edvard munk okay unsettling and again stories of the eyes following you yeah very morbid for sure painting number four that we're going to look at i don't think it really had even a title it's just usually called the headless man it's the one of what looks like a wagon okay so here is this on a liveabout.com article called the haunted painting The article was written by a woman named Laura who had actually painted it. She says in the article, quote, In 1994, James Kidd, a commercial photographer, placed one of his photos on display at a gallery in Tombstone, Arizona, where I was showing some of my oil paintings. The photo was the old stagecoach stop at Tombstone. I kind of slurred there. The photo was (laughs) the old stagecoach stop at Tombstone. He first took a photo of the stagecoach stop in an old stagecoach, and then he didn't wind his camera so he could get a double exposure photo with another old wagon in the foreground. When the picture was developed, however, it revealed something unexpected. Standing on a log to the left of the wagon is a figure that the photographer did not see when he took the picture. Upon closer inspection, the figure appears to be that of a headless man. Mm -hmm. The figure's coat, pants, and boots are quite plain and easy to see, but he has no head. The photographer says the photo has been examined by Kodak and other experts to prove that he did not doctor it in any way. The original photo can be seen at the website Ghosts of Tombstone. So I kind of see what could be ahead, though. What? There's like a pole sticking out of the... Is that a pole or something sticking out of the... It's almost like he's whoever is standing there his head is like leaned forward and maybe it's behind this pole that's that's possible i can see that now what you're saying do you also see a face in the trees behind this figure up and up and to the left there's like a (laughs) it's just matrixing i'm sure but it sure looks like a face to me it does a little bit i could see what you're saying like he even looks like he's wearing a hat maybe like leaning forward wearing a hat his hands are behind his back, maybe, like clasped behind his back. That's what I kind of see. But I, I can, can see also that. see. I want to see a photo. I want to see a picture of the original photo, though. Yeah, me too. I think it'll be clear. So maybe I'll have to see if I could find one. If I do, all these paintings are going to be posted in the Strangers. So you can go to the Strangers and see these paintings I'm talking about. But I'm going to have to see if I can find that photo, the actual mm-hmm. photo, because that might make it clearer what that is. 
Yeah, at first glance, it definitely looks like somebody without yep. a head, but I yep. also can sort of see there might be a head. Yep. <laughs> if that makes sense. The, <laughs> the artist <laughs> goes on to say, I couldn't get over that photo, and I asked him if I could do an oil painting of it. He said I could. Back home in Sierra Vista, Arizona, I began work on a 16 by 20 inch oil painting based on the photo. And I just want to say the last episode, my voice would get louder and softer and I'm doing my best not to move away from the microphone, but it's really difficult actually. Mm -hmm. So I apologize. So she goes on to say, when I was about halfway through completing the painting, I started getting a very strange feeling. I began to ask myself, why on earth did I want to paint this picture so badly? And maybe I should never have started it, but I did finish it, and then some very strange, unexplained things began to happen around my home, seemingly centered around that painting. I do not believe in ghosts, but I cannot for the life of me explain how or why these strange things happened. I cannot attribute every one of these attribute. I cannot attribute every one of these events directly to the painting, but they have all taken place since it has been in my house and are totally unexplained. Hmm. Some of these are kind of eh, but here we go. I took the frame painting with some others for a display in a business location. We hung the ghost painting on the wall behind an office desk. Three days later, people from the office called and asked me to come pick up the painting. Every morning, they claimed, the painting was crooked. They would straighten it, and the next morning, it would be crooked again. Also, appointments became inexplicably messed up, and papers went missing. They were actually afraid of it, so I took the painting back. Hmm. My husband and I were sitting in the garage talking to the little neighbor girl who came over to visit. On the garage wall were three large dried starfish. They were hanging securely on roofing nails. The garage door was open, but there was no wind blowing or any air movement. Suddenly, the largest starfish came flying off the wall and landed on the concrete floor. It sailed across the floor about six to seven feet. Well, that's, that's odd. That is odd. <laughs> In 1995, my husband and I moved into a brand new home in Tennessee. We wondered if the ghostly goings-on would stop, but they didn't. Oddly, the roof on the garage of this new home had a leak when it rained. The roofers came out three times to repair it, and although they worked on it, they said they could not find the cause of the leak. It didn't make any sense. Nothing they did stopped the darn leak. Finally, my husband asked me where the ghost painting was. It was leaning against the wall between the living room and the garage. We moved the painting, and the garage roof never leaked again. Well, that's weird. It is, but I, I don't. don't yeah. I would also expect a haunted painting to do more than leak. <laughs> I guess. Well, and I feel like it's really common for pictures or paintings to be a little crooked once in a while. I mean, oh, I, I think so. I think a truck rumbling by or something could knock it around a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I don't feel like that's anything, but. There's a when there's a lot of little things and I can see how if none of this started happening until they brought the painting into the home and then when it was removed it all stopped. That kind of there's a little bit of validity to that. Yes. I mean Yep, totally agree. Uh okay, okay. now where were we? Okay. The leak. One evening I was preparing dinner. We had an island bar and that is where I set our table. I picked up the salt and pepper shakers, which are two little canning jars with handles, and set them on the bar. I went to the door and called to my husband that dinner was ready. When I got back to the bar, salt was spilled all over the table and on the floor. The salt shaker, standing upright, was still where I had set it, and we have no animals or children in the house to blame for the spill. It is completely unexplained. That's odd, because you would expect the salt shaker to at least be tipped over. Yeah, unless it, there was something that happened when she picked it up and moved it, and she didn't realize that it was spilled a bunch of salt. 
Hmm. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. I don't know. This next event really scared me because it could have been bad. We had been doing some yard work and went into the garage to rest where it was cool. My husband said that he would mix us some drinks. He returned with the drinks in thick gold-colored glasses with ice cubes. We finished our drinks, and he said he was going to have another, and I said I would too. <laughs> they sound like Wisconsinites. <laughs> it's hot out. Let's drink yeah. <laughs> So, So he mixed them in the house and brought them out to me. I had taken one or two sips from my drink when I looked down to see that a large chunk of glass had been broken off the top of the glass. It was perfectly fine the first time I drank from it. Right away, I thought my husband had knocked it against something, but he swore he hadn't. We looked all over the garage floor for the piece of glass, but found nothing. We went into the house where my husband fixed the drinks, got down onto the floor with flashlights, and found nothing. I poured the rest of the drink through a strainer to see if the chunk of glass had fallen in, but there was nothing. The missing piece was too large to swallow without me noticing it, but I still had this sick feeling in my stomach. We never found the missing piece of glass. That would freak me out. That's a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would be so freaked out that I accidentally drink it. Right. You know, yuck. I think you I think you'd know at some point. <laughs> probably <laughs> you know probably, what I'm saying. probably the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how does that even work? Could you pass that? I was gonna say poop. But <laughs> well that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm being a little bit more less graphic about it. Um uh, I just went right I think for poop. you probably could. It would just be like really painful. But I you don't figure that if it was cut glass, you would swallow it. You would cut your esophagus. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't want to find out. We'll just say no. that. Nope. I do think, though, that glasses and stuff can have really minute cracks in them that you don't notice. Yes. And I think it could be easy for something. I don't know. You but know I also, me. I'm, I'm going to try to explain it away. <laughs> I think they would have found the piece of glass, though. That's I think what's so, weird too. To me. Yeah, that's true, unless you drink it. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, One time, our neighbor wanted to show his mother-in-law the photos of my painting and took them home with him. Shortly after, he got up and went outside to move his water sprinkler, and to this day, he swears that he could see a white, hazy figure of a person come around the corner. Hmm. He came running back to my house with the pictures and said he never wanted to touch them again. I have always taken photos of the paintings I have done. People ask to see the photos of my paintings, and most always say they don't want to touch the photo of the ghost painting. The gals at the beauty shop wanted me to bring my picture in, and one woman started bragging that she did not believe in ghosts and that it was silly of them to avoid touching the picture. Just let me see it, she said. She took the photo, looked at it closely, and just laughed. That night at her house, a clock that had been on the wall for 40 years fell down and broke into 100 pieces. Good for her. Yeah. The last thing this ghost did was knock on our front door. My husband and I both heard it at the same time, but our two German shepherds did not hear the knock. Nobody was at the door. That reminds me of like what happened to you and Jim at the house. The doors closing? With the doors closing. Mm -hmm. Currently, the painting is hanging in our house. A few people have asked to buy it, but I am afraid to sell it. What would an unhappy ghost do to their lives? I still don't really believe in ghosts, yet if I had to do it over, I would not have created this painting. Hmm. And that's a case where it's it's not even just the painting. It's photos of the painting that are affecting people. Hmm. So I don't know. Put it on Amazon. Some weirdo will buy it. Just okay. say it's yeah. haunted. Yeah. With your that, Dybbuk box. Yep. We'll get to that with one. <laughs> we'll get to that with one of these. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I counted down. So I should have counted one, one till six, but I did six to one. So now painting number three is the anguished man. Oh, I think I know which one this is. Yes. Does he look like he's on fire or made out of lava or something? Yeah, that's a 
just a creepy ass painting. I just, yeah. I have always, I've seen articles about that in the past, and I've always thought that's a creepy painting. It looks painful. It does. So, in a May 25th, 2018 article on LiveAbout.com called, quote, The Anguished Man, a Haunted Painting, the article says, Sean Robinson sent in this story to your true tales. My grandmother had this painting in her attic for 25 years. She said it was evil. She told us she used to see the dark figure of a man around the house at night, and she heard strange noises and crying. She told me that the artist had used his own blood mixed in with the oils, and he committed suicide shortly after finishing the painting. After she died, we got the painting. It is currently in our basement. Shortly after we got it, various members of the family started seeing the dark figure of a man. At night, we began hearing noises, and just recently, we have heard crying and moaning. Oh, my God. No. Okay, A, why would you mix blood in with the paint? That's just weird. Uh, I don't know. Kiss B, the, why kiss haven't they that, burned the, this thing yet? <laughs> the band Kiss did that with a comic book. Oh, really? Yeah, one of their Kiss comic books. They all went to the, the printer and cut their fingers and bled into the ink so that, you know, it was sold that the comic books were actually made with their blood in the ink. Hmm. So people do that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, it wouldn't make me want to buy it, that's for sure. No. Although it would make some people want to buy it. So. Oh, yeah, it would. Then, a few weeks later, Sean sent this update. He said, quote, The noises have been getting worse. We have heard crying coming from the corner of our bedroom. We started seeing the dark figure standing at the bottom of the bed just staring at us. No! It seems to be a middle-aged man, but his features are not very clear. As a former skeptic, I'm very curious, so I am moving the painting into our bedroom. Previously, it's been in a cupboard downstairs. I'm feeling apprehensive and a little scared. I'll keep updating. A year later, there was the next update. It said, I set the camera up once more in the spare bedroom. The painting has been stored away since the last recording. I recorded over three nights for approximately four hours each night between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. I recorded the usual banging noises, but on the second night at approximately 3.25 a.m., I recorded the painting suddenly falling over, and immediately afterward, a small orb is visible just above the painting. There were no drafts in the room, and the painting was stood at an angle against the wall, so it should not have been able to tip over by itself. I also experienced a strange mist again at the top of the stairs. It was like I was suddenly surrounded by smoke, and I became very cold, but then it just vanished as quickly as it came. And then two so years... What I would do is I would move this painting into, like, a storage unit. Like, <laughs> away say, from your... And just see if the activity stops. I would and if move it, it does, just leave it there. I would move it to a dumpster. That is what I would do with the painting. A fire pit? A fire pit. <laughs> and then two years later, this update. I have recently temporarily moved in with my parents again and obviously took the painting with me. It was only in the house for a few days when the noises started. The same noises oh. I had previously experienced. On the third night, my father fell down the stairs, the same as my son did at the other house. Thankfully, he was unhurt, but I have now moved the painting back into storage. I have been working closely with John Blackburn and Ian Lawman of the Mysteria Paranormal Group, taking the painting to some of the allegedly most haunted locations in the UK, including 35 Stonegate at York and Chillingham Castle in Northumberland. It was on the evening of May 18, 2013 at Chillingham Castle that a group of people experienced events that were both terrifying and unexplained. None of the guests were prepared for what was about to happen in the early hours of Sunday morning. The room went icy cold when a large dark figure appeared in the middle of the seance circle. 
A large wooden bench banged on the floor of its own accord in response to Blackburn's questions to the painting, and then suddenly the bench was flipped upside down violently by what was believed to be John Sage, one of Chillingham Castle's resident spirits, who we think was showing his anger to a foreign uninvited spirit at his castle. John Blackburn stated it was the strangest experience in all his years of investigation, and there were at least 20 witnesses to these events. Hmm. So that's what I have, but there are also a lot of people that think that this was, the painting was originally intended as a creepypasta. Oh, interesting. Which I could kind of see because it's, totally. it, it looks like the painting was purposely made to be freaky. You know? Well, sure, but I mean, there are legit artists that, you know. There are, but I do... My gut feeling is that this one was just a creepypasta, hmm. that this did not actually happen. It could be. I don't know. But then if this guy says that there were 20 witnesses to this event, I don't but know. But they, they were in a haunted location, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. But some of this stuff just sounds too much like a story to me. Sure. So out of the ones we have done so far, I'm going to kind of call bunk on the anguish man i feel like it is a story i might okay. be wrong i don't know a creepypasta a creepypasta uh painting number two is the crying boy another cute painting but why i don't i don't know i just don't get it according to a june 5th 2019 article on exemplar.com called quote the curse of the crying boy painting artist giovanni bregolin Bregolin, painted a series of young teary-eyed boys in the 1950s. This was one of the paintings and it became known as the Crying Boy. His paintings to this day continue to be reproduced and sell really, really well. My question is, why would you want this hanging in your house? It's so sad. It's weird. It's like it, those creepy velvet big-eyed kid paintings. <laughs> the velvet... Like, the velvet Elvis? No, there... The dogs playing poker? No, it was this... this person there was i think there was a movie about it this woman maybe i can't remember she back in like the 60s maybe she painted these portraits of children but they had these huge eyes and uh my best friend growing up had two of these hanging i don't know if they were the same or just like you know a, someone imitating but they were velvet and one was a boy one was a girl and they were sad and they had these huge eyes, and they were really creepy. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of how this one is. Why would you hang those in your house? Yeah, that's kind of how this one is. I like, you know... It looks like he's wearing a Boy Scout uniform or something. Yeah, and I, I just don't get... And this was a popular painting back in the day. There were a lot of people, at least over in England, there were a lot of people that had this painting, and I just I guess I just don't understand it. No, I don't see the appeal. You know, no. I mean, he's adorable, but... I don't want to look at that every day when <laughs> no. I walk through my house. I got enough sadness in my life. I don't need a representation <laughs> of it on my wall. Right. In 1985, the Sun newspaper in the United Kingdom, which is pretty much a tabloid, think the Inquirer, ran a story called, quote, Blazing Curse of the Crying Boy. The story talked about a couple named May and Ron Hall, whose home was destroyed in a fire that started in their kitchen. The fire spread quickly and destroyed everything on the ground floor except for a print of the crying boy that was hanging on their living room wall. The couple believed that the painting had been responsible for the fire. Hmm. A firefighter then claimed that he had been to at least 15 house fires where everything was destroyed except the picture of the crying boy. Come on. 
as more articles <laughs> you sounded so Wisconsin when you said that come on Oh, come on now. Oh, come on. As more <laughs> articles ran, people began to be really freaked out by this. Firefighters refused to have the paintings in their home, and more and more fires were being blamed on this painting. A woman that lived in Surrey lost her house to fire six months after buying the painting. A pizza parlor in Norfolk was destroyed, including every painting on its wall except for the crying boy. And two sisters in Kilburn both had fires in their homes after buying copies of the painting, with one sister claiming to have seen her painting sway back and forth on the wall before the fire started. Hmm. So why would this painting be doing this? Uh, one theory was that the little boy in the painting was a gypsy child whose family placed a curse on the artist. Some people believe that the child in the painting had died in a fire or, at the, or that the boy accidentally set fire to the studio of the artist who had painted him. People began referring to the boy as Diablo or Devil. It was rumored that the boy in the painting was killed later in life when his car crashed and he burned to death after it burst into flames. Hmm. It got to the point where fire departments around England were hosting bonfires where people would bring their crying boy paintings to throw on the fire. Skeptics say that all the fires have rational causes and the simplest explanation is that it was a popular painting so a lot of people had the painting in their house. Yeah. And that... The, the painting was most likely printed on, for some reason, an unusually strong fire-resistant material. Like asbestos? <laughs> maybe. You never know. Yeah, and that, because it was on this material, that's what caused them not to burn in most of the fires. That seems logical to me. It does. And the thing that kind of messes me up with this, though, is if you find the article that talked about that May and Ron Hall called The Blazing Curse of the Crying Boy... It's a different painting. It's not this painting that I showed you. But when hmm. I do Google searches for the crying boy painting, this is the one that constantly comes up. So did you see pictures of the other one? Just uh, that small picture on the article. Okay. But if you type in crying boy painting, like I said, this was a series. So there's a ton of these paintings around. Hmm. You know, they're, it's pretty common. So there's all these different paintings of crying boys. So I'm not exactly sure which one is the actual painting for all i know any of these paintings could have been considered the crying boy painting mm -hmm. so there's just a lot of confusion with this one and i don't really know i don't really know i okay. i, I <laughs> kind of calling bunk on this one too but that's yeah, just, I, just my just opinion series of weird coincidences i don't know yeah and finally, we get to number one, and this one was kind of a popular one years ago, and this is the painting called The Hands Resist Him. Yeah, this is creepy. There are and so I, many creepy things about this. I originally heard about this painting from my brother, Corey, who's been on the podcast, and he told me about this because he where he works in town here, everybody, somebody found a out about this this because this had just come out at the time that this was on ebay so somebody found out about it so everybody he worked with was super freaked out about this painting so of course Corey took it at work and he put it as the background on his as the <laughs> wallpaper on his computer sure you know because that's what Corey as does you do. yeah. as you do so he told me about this and then i was i went and looked at the stuff online about it and i just got really interested in this so this is the painting called the hands resist him the Hands Resist Him is a painting created by artist Bill Stoneham that was started in 1972 and finished in 1974. The painting shows a young boy and what looks like a young female doll standing in front of a glass door that has hands pressed against it from outside. Again, this will be posted in The Strangers. 
I honestly think it's kind of a cool painting, but it is super creepy. Really I think is. he was maybe stonumbed when he painted it because, <laughs> wow, there's just some weird stuff going on here. Yeah. The painting was originally displayed at the Fine Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills, California during the early 1970s. The painting was bought by actor John Marley, whose most notable role was as the guy in the movie The Godfather that woke up to find a horse's head in his bed. Ah, sure. Years after Marley's death, an elderly Californian couple found the painting hung up uh, there's varying stories, either hung up or behind it or laying somewhere in the building. But a Californian couple found the painting hung up in an old abandoned brewery. The painting was then put on eBay in February of 2000, and that's where this whole thing kind of went viral. So the person that put it up on eBay, the description says this. Quote, when we received this painting, we thought it was really good art. A picker had found it abandoned behind an old brewery. At the time, we had wondered a little why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that. Today, we don't wonder. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the painting were fighting and coming into the room during the night. Now, I don't believe in UFOs or Elvis being alive, but my husband was alarmed. To my amusement, he set up a motion-triggered camera for those nights. After three nights, there were pictures. The last two pictures shown are from that stakeout. After seeing the boy seemingly exiting the painting under threat, we decided the painting had to go. Please judge for yourself. Before you do, please read the following warning and disclaimer. Now, I did not find those pictures that were Dang. on that. Yeah. I remember seeing them back in the day, and it looked just like it was just a picture of the painting, but it had, like, color tint done to it or something weird. It, it looked like it didn't look like what they were saying. Okay. You know, they made it sound like in, in those pictures you could see that the boy had left from the painting. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I did not see that. I'm going to see if I can find them. And I, if I do, I'll post them with the paintings in The Strangers. But then they went on and had this warning and disclaimer in their description. Do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease, faint of heart, or are unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agree to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events that happen after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. It should be attributed, not contributed. It's the <laughs> English major in me. This painting, may or not, this painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. However, by bidding, you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the last two photos featured in this auction and hold the owners harmless in regard to them and their impact, expressed or implied. Now that we got this out of the way, one question to you eBayers. We want our house to be blessed after the painting is gone. Does anyone know who is qualified to do that? The size of the painting is 24 by 36 inches, so it is rather large. As I have had several questions, here are the following answers. No, there was no odor left behind in the room. There were no voices, no smell of gunpowder, no footprints or strange fluids on the wall. Gunpowder? I don't know. Maybe sulfur, because okay. okay. maybe sulfur something demonic. Hmm. To deter questions in this direction, there are no ghosts in this world, no supernatural powers. This is just a painting, and most of these things have an explanation. In this case, it's probably just a fluke light, light effect. I encourage you to bid on the artwork and consider the last two photographs as pure entertainment, and please do not take them into consideration when bidding. As we think it is a good idea to bless any house, we still welcome input into that procedure. Call a priest. So that, that was the description of the painting on eBay. Hmm. This is where the whole thing pretty much blew up. According to the awesome website, Something Wicked, the paranormal wiki, 
The article says, quote, The painting quickly earned a reputation as at least 30,000 people viewed the page and more than a few made bids. Some reported that they had experienced strange events just looking at the painting on their computer, and throughout the eBay auction, the painting still affected those who viewed it, and people felt ill, and a few had fainted or have had unpleasant experiences. However, children seemed to be the most affected. Of, and, however, children seemed to be the most affected. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, children seemed to be the most affected, and have vivid nightmares the night after seeing it, waking up screaming and some reportedly claimed that the children who saw the painting ran away screaming or freaked out others were said to have been felt others were have said to have been touched by an invisible force and one person who tried to print the image had his printer malfunction <laughs> my printer malfunctions well, on normal. a daily basis right one person reportedly claimed to hear an exorcist type voice along with a blast of hot air Another person reported that he became ill while viewing the painting and had a burn white sage to cleanse his house afterwards, and someone else claimed to have experienced a blackout or mind control experiences. Oh, come on. <laughs> however, like people are just making stuff up. however, the sellers reportedly backtracked before the auction was over and went in and wrote this part in there that said there are no ghosts in this world, blah, 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 probably just a fluke light effect, uh, take the images as entertainment. But this didn't deter the believers and numerous websites and chat rooms popped up devoted to the legendary haunted painting of eBay. Hmm. The painting ended up selling to an anonymous buyer for $1,025. Wow. I expected it to go for more than that, actually. Hmm. You know, that kind of surprised me that it went for that little. Okay. The following month, on March 12, 2000, the buyer of the painting, who wished to remain anonymous, gave an interview to the website Surfing the Apocalypse. In this interview, the buyer claims that they had experienced no bizarre effects since purchase. They say, quote, I wish I could report a bizarre happening or mind possession type of thing, but the most unusual thing started happening with the first email and counting. Prayers and quotes from the scriptures from a man of faith, advice as how to cleanse my residents of this evil thing from a Native American shaman in Mississippi, uh, reports of people being repulsed, made physically ill, or suffering from mind control experiences. I've been informed that over 34,000 people on eBay alone have viewed this item. People want to know how I can live with this sort of thing, or if they can buy a life-size reproduction of it. If anything, this is the real story. I have never received an email before that wasn't from some online porn site. So that's what he said. Basically, basically said nothing has been happening. Hmm. But by this time, the story of the haunted eBay painting had spread, and people everywhere were talking about it, posting videos about it on YouTube, etc., People said that just seeing the painting made them feel dizzy or ill, and people reported strange paranormal events happening after looking at the painting online. Hmm. Stoneham, the, the, the artist Stoneham himself, appeared to kind of get a kick out of the whole thing. On his website, Stoneham Studios, the artist says, quote, where to begin? Well, I've always had a connection to what Carl Jung called the collective unconsciousness. I think we all do. Artists, especially visual artists, are barometers for the currents that run through this collective. Dreams are a common experience people may have with this. Anyway, my own experience is a sensitivity to place, physical, geographical place. There are memories, echoes of all the life within a place. Maybe that's what's called channeling. When I painted The Hands Resist Him in 1972, I used an old photo of myself at age five in a Chicago apartment. The hands in the painting are the other lives. The glass door is the thin veil between waking and dreaming. The girl slash doll is the imagined companion or the guide through this realm. 
both the owner of the gallery where Hans was displayed and at, and the Los Angeles Times art critic who reviewed my show were dead within a year of the show. I'm sure it was coincidence, but some of what I paint resonates in other people opening the inner door or basement. By the way, I still have no idea what happened to the character actor who bought the painting at the show or how it ended up in an abandoned building, although I could although I could speculate, Bill. I stand but, by the idea that he was stonemed when he painted it. <laughs> <laughs> but Stonem still says the whole thing is kind of bizarre and surreal. He said, quote, People are getting very carried away, saying that the kid in the painting was abused by drunken parents, that sort of thing. It's like being in a coma in a room full of people who are all speculating on your life. I like that quote. Yeah. I really do. It just seems like it's snowballed. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. People uh, just ran with it. The anonymous buyer is believed to have been the owner of the Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the painting was soon displayed. I'm not 100% sure if the painting is still there, but I believe it is. So I kind of okay. want a road trip to Michigan. I kind of want to see this. You know, I've known about this ever since this was an eBay thing when Corey brought it to my intention. Stoneham entered into an agreement with the Perceptions Gallery to sell limited edition prints of the painting for $450 each or a smaller version for $185. And apparently they sell out really, really quick. Uh, Stoneham went on to do three more paintings in the series called Resistance at the Threshold, Threshold of Revelation, and a prequel painting titled The Hands Invent Him. Hmm. And the last painting in the series, the painting called The Hands Invent Him, Take a guess who bought that. Zach Bagans. In March of 2017, Zach Bagans Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, announced that it had acquired the final painting in the series. Have you seen photos of these? Yeah. Are they all creepy? Are they they're all? They're all like a that? lot like the first one, but I think okay. the first one is creepier. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll post those also in the Strangers in a separate thing so people yeah. can see them. But Zach bought the of course last painting in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I give him a lot of crap. Which, Doesn't he have a Dybbuk box, too? Yes, yeah. Okay. I, I give him a lot of crap, which I think is justified. But yeah. I, I would really like to get there to, to the, visit that museum. I would like to see this stuff. Yeah. I really would. I give him credit for his devotion to the paranormal and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's really into it. I think, you know, there's a lot of crap on his show, but... I also think he truly 100% is completely into the yeah, paranormal. I do too. He's still kind of a D-bag, but... Yeah, but, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so I'll end this with a really small quote from artist Kazimir Malevich, who said, quote, a painted surface is a real living form. Hmm. So what do you think? Haunted paintings? I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's not possible. Um, I, I think it's plausible. I think that spirits can attach themselves to anything so why not a painting yes i agree These... it's one of those things like it's you just have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt and i don't know maybe these stories are true i don't know they could be i uh the last one uh, the hands resist him i think was I, it's a creepy painting but i think it was just a matter of somebody thinking they could get more money for it on ebay by saying this stuff and i think oh, it sure. just it just like you said it snowballed from there and people want it to be haunted yes so Completely. yeah so that's i i don't know if i'd buy any of these to be honest with you i mean it's like the whole slender man thing even after it was revealed that this is not real it's a creepy pasta it was made up there are people who swear 
Slenderman is a real thing. Yeah, and that could they be don't like want to believe a tulpa situation where so many people believe in it that it actually makes they manifest it, it, it manifests. Yeah, you know that could be. I I honestly out of all these of these six paintings we did the only one that I kind of feel like might be legit is the love letters one the first one mm. mm-hmm. I don't know why I have no justification for why I feel that but I think that one might be legit just like a gut instinct yeah and it's also the cutest of the paintings <laughs> it was also the the least um fantastical you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. she just it... follows your eyes around the or her eyes follow you around the room like nothing completely insane happens around that painting but the creepiest one is the dead the dead mother with the sound of the rustling sheets and yeah that's creepy that's really creepy (laughs) that's creepy just the idea of that everybody loves a good creepypasta everybody loves a good creepy story and i believe that most of these are just creepy stories i'm not saying that i don't believe that paintings can be haunted just like i i do believe that dolls can be haunted but i just don't think that a picture of a haunted painting is going to be haunted especially a, a, a several replications you yes. know yep. that doesn't make a lot of sense to me but no, not at all I, i'm again somebody who sort of wants to experience it for myself before i'll fully believe it but i don't want to experience it <laughs> no i don't either. well you're going to when you have all these hanging in your living room oh, right 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 so let us know how that goes <laughs> okay lots I'll of back lots of leaking roofs and moaning and kids walking out of painting so you're in in for a lot of fun (laughs) sweet (laughs) so that's it that's haunted paintings okay so what do you a new topic interesting yes what do you strangers think what do you guys think about this can a painting be haunted do you think any of these paintings are legitimately haunted i don't know do you have a haunted painting if you do send it to krista no sell it on ebay (laughs) yeah sell it on ebay send krista the money how about that I will say I don't feel nauseous or dizzy after looking at any of these photos. So No, but I, and a lot of that, I think, comes from people thinking that they're going to get dizzy or yeah. nauseous looking at these. Self-fulfilling you know, prophecy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just let us know what you think, and there you go. Sweet. Haunted paintings. And now our song recommendations. Sure. Which song is yours? Um, mine is, so I've, I've had mute math. I've mentioned them before on the podcast, Yes. but I've had mute math and kind of a regular rotation lately. And the song that I would recommend is called clipping. Um, I feel like their music is really atmospheric, if that makes sense, that it creates a mood. That's for sure. Is it um, like, is it like dancey or no, I, they're hard to explain. Just check it out. I'll post I'll post a YouTube clip to a live performance of Clipping. It's a really good performance, and you'll you'll get it. It's okay. very kind of moody, and I don't know. It's my thing. It's okay. right up my alley. But you, you like the moody I, stuff. I do, and Mute Math definitely delivers on that. I mean, they have other more upbeat songs and uh, that aren't as moody, but I do like that one a lot. Cool. Uh, mine is could just be a straight up good rock song and that is the song the 59 sound by the band the gaslight anthem i've talked about them on the podcast the gaslight anthem is one of my favorite bands and i think they're just so amazing they're uh not together right now they're actually on hiatus and i can't really think of a way to describe them a lot of people kind of compare them to like a fast kind of punkish bruce springsteen 
Oh. But okay. I, I don't. It's I hard don't, to imagine. I guess I don't see that. But years ago, I, uh, the 59 Sounds showed up as a suggested song on YouTube. So I listened to it, and I was just blown away by how much I liked it. So I bought that album, and the album is just great. And I've bought every one of their albums since, and I just absolutely love them. That is one of my most listened to bands in my car. So my song is The 59 Sound by The Gaslight Anthem. Cool. I yeah, will we'll post, post yeah, we'll videos of these. both of these on The Strangers. Yes. And I believe that's it for today. Um, no, We're saving questions for one We're saving more. questions because okay. we didn't have a lot the last time I checked. So we're going to yeah. save those. Okay. I'm going to roll off our deets. Our deets are... You can email us at strangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the final S. Krista does a bang-up job on Instagram at the Strange <laughs> Sessions. And we actually have a lot of people comment on there, so I've been trying to follow we that do. a little better. Yeah. We could definitely use some postcards or snail mail at the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can call our Strange Sessions hotline at 920-443-9602. Lovely. And I think that's it. Another one in the books. Yep. We should have kind of caught up to, I think, where we would have been by doing these last three episodes weekly. You know what I'm we'll saying? Be behind. Were we behind schedule? Uh, we were pretty behind schedule because of the quarantine stuff. I guess we did go a few weeks without recording. So. Yeah, yeah. But cool. as, as much as I like the Skype things, I just prefer being together in the studio. It's easier. Legit. I mean, you know, just it is. for flow of conversation and, and sound quality for sure. Yeah. And our Skype keeps crapping out on us if there's a little bit of rain <laughs> outside. So yeah. <laughs> we should hopefully get back to the studio very soon. But it's just nice to know we have this to use if we need it yeah definitely. And a huge thank you once again to brian young for the awesome microphone which has made things a ton better i'm trying to get better at not moving like in the studio it's hanging right in front of me so i'm so used to right and you're you know, looking at me or you're yeah. looking at your notes, notes. that are right yeah, in front so of I, you so i don't really bop my head a lot but i'm bopping my head here in my kitchen so hopefully it's not too bad we'll see yeah. I'll, I'll get better at it. Maybe I'll install my microphone into the ceiling of my kitchen so it hangs down in front of me. <laughs> my landlord would love that. Yeah, for sure. That's coming out of your security deposit for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, are we going to try our, our... We have to. We have to try it and butcher it. Okay, but we're going to do a countdown. Okay. So right after I... I'll say the one, two, three, and then a beat, and then stay strange. Okay. I'm ready. ready. One... Uh, I choked a little bit on my drink. (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm drinking a naked red machine berry drink. Wow. So, oh, a lot of people, speaking of berry, a lot of people commented on our little podcast that Barry and I did that we put after last episode. And a lot of people really liked it. A couple people said you need to get her on the podcast because she sounds like amazing. She's and I agree. so knowledgeable, too. I mean, I seriously. She really is. So, Barry, we need to get you on here. Yeah. And other than that, everybody said I just sounded really young. <laughs> so that was depressing, but it was only 11 years ago. Yeah, that's not that long. No. I was just happier then, I think. <laughs> so that's maybe what it was. So from Krista and I in our respective homes, until next time, 
one, two, three. Stay, Stay strange. strange. That was pretty good. It was not. <laughs> so, it was excellent. You so, cut out on the strange, actually, but whatever, whatever. You talk like your lips don't fit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe they don't. I'm wearing Mrs. Potato Head lips today. <laughs> Until next time, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.